Welcome to First Congregational Church of Litchfield Sermon Podcast. Join us each week for a Bible-based Christian message. We hope God speaks to you through the things you hear. Let's get started. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're familiar with the book of Revelation. It kinda, it's, it's not an easy book to read, but there's deep meaning in the book of Revelation. A key, a special key. Not just any key. And this morning, I want to share a little bit about this key. But before I do, I have to say this. In the book of Revelation, it says that they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and by loving not their lives even on to death. There is something about that middle one, which is by the word of of your testimony. Can I tell you something that uh, it doesn't say that you will overcome by the word of somebody else's testimony. It, it has to be your testimony, meaning that you're going to have a test, and that test is designed for you to tell your children and your grandchildren how awesome God is. And you can't do that unless you go through some difficulties. Can I tell you something this morning that most of the difficulties we go through aren't even coming from the enemy. The Lord is allowing them to go through just so that he can show off on how awesome he is to his children. Well, this morning, I have to share a little testimony because when I share my testimony, I'm not relying on somebody else's story. I'm relying on the reality of my own existence. This is my story. Nobody can say I'm misquoting it because it's mine. So you just have to sit here and listen to it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So some of you may know that we ended up in Haiti and we had an orphanage just kind of dumped on our laps and we had to figure out overnight how to take care of children in a third world country, not knowing the language, not knowing much of anything. And so we went, and the first thing we realized that was the most difficult thing there is as we were coming to help these children, the moment the landlord saw us, the rent tripled every time, over and over and over. And we had to, for a period of five years, move the children from one place to another and to another and to another. And if you think it's difficult to move your family to a new house, imagine what it's like to move an orphanage of children in a thermal country. It was a nightmare. And we did the best we could. And what happened, suddenly after five years of moving the children almost once a year, we got a call and somebody wanted to talk to us. They said, we have something special. We hear there's a rabbi here who has orphans, and we want to see if we can do something for him. I said, okay, well, praise the Lord. I'm always ready for the Lord to intervene when we need his help. So I met this lady. She was a little brash, and she said, I heard that uh, you need a place to bring your children. And I said, yeah, we don't really have a, a, an orphanage right now, a building. We have the children. We don't have the building. And she said, all right, well, I have a building, so you can bring them and you can use it. All right, all right. You know, sometimes like, the Lord's gonna like come through for you, but it sounds too good to be true. I don't wanna be a doubter or anything. 
I'm not Thomas, but I'm saying to myself, just what's the catch here, right? So how much is it going to cost? It's nothing. Nothing. Just bring the children. We got the building. You got the children. I said, all right. So we went in. We looked at the building, and sure enough, in this beautiful, beautiful property of farmland, there was this beautiful building, empty. It still needed some work. And, uh, and so I, I, I just, you know, said, well, thank you, Lord, I guess. I don't know. Everything seems to be working really well. So we prepared, and we told our landlord we're going to be leaving in two weeks. And we started working to finish the property. And during those two weeks of trying to finish this property, I began to notice the way that this woman was treating the Haitian workers. And my blood started to boil. But I didn't want to say or do anything to ruin this amazing thing that was taking place. I mean, this is going to be the home for the children. I, I, so, so what did I do? I just kept my mouth shut. But those of you who know me and those of you who still don't know me, I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut when I see injustice. And so I only needed to wait 14 days with my mouth shut, but <laughs> before the 14 days were over, I had to open my mouth. And I sat down with the lady and I said, in my very rabbinic way of, you know, correcting a situation without sounding like I'm correcting anything, I said, you know what, ma'am, you have such an amazing ability to move people by your presence. I want to encourage you to use that gift in a, in a positive way because the workers are going to stop working and, and the children are not going to be able to go into the place because it's not going to be complete. They seem to be kind of upset and she cut me off and she says, cut to the chase, stop beating around the bush, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, well, um, I, I, I was trying to figure out how I could say to her, you know, stop treating these people like they're inferior humans. That's, but I didn't want to say that because, you know, just throw everything. I mean, we're going to lose the place. So I said to her, I said, look, it's just, it's just that I, I know we're all kind of stressed, but, but it would be really good if you could just speak a little bit like gentler to the people. They'll do so much, you know. And she said, who's not speaking gently to the people? <laughs> I, I said, it's you, famous last words. Before five minutes were up, I had been escorted out of her house, the gate had been slammed behind me, and there I was in the street of Haiti at about 11 o'clock at night without an interpreter, without a phone, all by myself, sitting in the middle of the street in Haiti. And let me tell you, you've gone to Haiti many, many times. The one thing you never do in Haiti is walk in the streets alone without, a, without Haitians who are family to you. It's a very dangerous situation to be in. There I was in the middle of the street. Cars flying by, pigs hitting on the side of the road, smoke billowing everywhere. I'm sitting around pacing. I says, oh, my God, what am I going to do? The, the, I have two days to find a new place for the children. What am I going to do? The, the, the kippa's not going to help me. The tali is not going to help me. I'm all by myself now. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. If you haven't, stick around. <laughs> it's coming. 
is coming because God is about to make a testimony. You need a test in order to have a testimony. I was pacing back and forth. says, God, what am I going to do? 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 And as I was pacing back and forth, I mean, I was literally lost. I couldn't call anybody. I have no interpreter. I don't even know how to get to the orphanage where the children were. I have no idea what to do. And in this desperation, this motorcycle with billows of smoke coming out of the tailpipe comes by and, 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 and the little Haitian man slams on the brakes and, and his kid's in front of me. And I looked at him and I says, now, I, listen, let me tell you something. There's one day you do not want to abduct me and that's today. This is the wrong day for an abduction. I am seriously going to mess something up. And so, you know, I'm not a violent person, and, and I've never been to any classes as Taekwondo, but I've been watching enough karate movies to know how to get myself ready. I'm going to mess somebody up. I can't take this. Don't abduct me on a day that everything is broken. So the man looked back with his little helmet, and he walked backwards a little bit, and I was getting ready to drop kick something, and he turns around, and in a very broken English, he says, Rabbi Peter! I said, oh... All right, all right, all right, calm down, calm down. Wait, yes? This man was present in a place where I was speaking in front of 15,000 people, and he recognized me in the street. And he stopped, and he came back and says, What are you doing in the street by yourself? <laughs> I said, It's a long story, but I'm lost. I said, there was an interpreter with me when I was speaking. That's the director of our orphanage. Do you know how to get me to him? He said, yes, I get you there. I get you there. So he brings me on this motorbike. We get back to the orphanage where the children were. And, and, and before they opened the uh, metal gates, I could hear this chanting, this huge chanting behind the gates. And I said, oh, my God, I, 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 the first thing I got to do, I got to get in there and, get, and shut these kids up. They got to shut up. I need to think. I need to think. I need to pray. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I got two days to move this orphanage. I got no place to bring them. So they open up the gate, and there come those little children. Now, I call them my, my chocolate Jesuses, you know what I mean? Because they look like Jesus, and they look like chocolate. So they come out. Actually, one time someone said to me, like, well, I, mean, I don't like it when you say that. And I said, what are you, don't like chocolate, or you don't like Jesus? I don't know what it is. Was, I like them both. So anyway, there they come. They're singing and dancing and screaming and shouting, right? And, and they were singing and chanting this one particular thing in, in Creole, and it was, Nougain la victoire, allez, allez, allez. Now, the translation, we have the victory. Get away, get away, get away. And now this is something that I taught the children many years back. I said, when everything is dark, when there is no hope, when everything that you thought could come to deliver you has failed, and you are surrounded by darkness, and the enemy is about to take victory over your life. There's only one thing left to say. Begin to dance and shout, we got the victory. Ale, ale, ale. I taught him that. Well, that's what they were singing when I showed up. They were singing, we got the victory. Ale, ale, ale. So, of course, me being very faithful, I said to the director, shut these kids up. This is not time to be shouting, we got the victory. We got a big problem in our hands. So I said to Ernst, our director, shut them up, shut them up. Shut these kids up. I need to pray and think. So Ernst looked at us and said, hey, ale, ale. Deme la bouche. Ale, 
Well, when the children heard him clapping, they thought he meant praise the Lord louder, right? So they started singing, they're going to victory! <laughs> I said, Ernst, I am serious. We have a serious problem. You have to do whatever it takes to shut him up. So Ernst did, you know, what you normally do in Haiti when the children are misbehaving. He whooped out his belt and he started whipping it around. Of course, the children thought, if you don't praise him louder, you're going to get hit with the belt. So they started praising and screaming so loud I couldn't hear myself think. So I went behind the building where all the trash and smelly stuff was. I said, I need, I need to close my eyes. I need to pray. We got an emergency. These kids are crazy. Everything is messed up. I don't know what to do. There I was behind the building praying, praying, praying. You, know, you ever pray and it seems like God is like watching TV or something? <laughs> or is it just me? Is that just me? Yes, that's just that must be just, you know, it's like, oh Lord, oh Lord, and it's like, hello, 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 hello. Right? He's like, he's watching, like, I don't know, the, the reruns of Dallas. I don't know what he's watching. He's watching something, you know? And so I remember closing my eyes tight to see if I could see in, in, in my spirit, like, what's Scott doing? He must not be aware of this situation. This is serious. And I was crying out to the Lord with my eyes tight, closed. And I, I'm telling you, maybe I was just imagining things. I, I didn't see God on the throne. I was looking for a throne. I didn't see God on the throne. It looked to me in my eyes that God was going, we got the victory. I, I could have sworn I saw the angels, the seraphim and cherubim. We got the victory with their, the, with their wings. I said, what is going on? I, I think I saw the disciples and Moses. We got the. I said, what is wrong with y'all people? Y'all crazy. This is a serious situation. And I got so upset. I said, you know, if God don't care about this, if the angels and Mary and Joseph and nobody cares about this, then, then you know what? Then I don't care about it. And, and I started jumping and saying, we got the victory. Ale, ale, ale. We got the. Now, I wasn't praising. I was just making fun of the whole thing. We got the victory. Ale, ale, ale. And I'll never forget it. As I started jumping, we got the victory. I felt something in my pocket, like going up and down, and I hate things in my pocket. So I reached into my pocket to see what was in my pocket, and I pulled out a big old wad of keys. And I looked at the keys, and I said, oh, my God, that crazy lady gave me the keys to that orphanage property, and she forgot to take them back. When she kicked me in the street, I had the keys to the new orphanage building in my pocket. Now, I realize if that was in the United States, that really wouldn't mean much because I don't own the property. But in Haiti, there's a lot of funny deals going on. You see, she had the keys to the property, but I didn't know she didn't actually own the land. She just collected a bunch of money to build a building for children. She had no orphanage, and she was going to use us to collect a bunch of money for the orphanage she said she built. See, I didn't know any of that, but I had the keys to the orphanage building. And I picked him up and I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do with these? And the Lord looked at me and said, we got the victory. And three days later, these little children marched into that property singing, we got the victory. And they've been there since and they're actually owners of that land to this day. You see, our Father in heaven wants us to know 
Sometimes we're working so hard to try to get an answer, to try to get him to move. And he's looking at it and saying the same thing he said to Moses when Moses was stuck between a rock and a hard place with Pharaoh's armies coming and the ocean sitting there. God said to Moses, why are you crying to me, Moses? Pick up your staff. Pick up the authority I've already given you. Pick up your staff and go forward. And when Moses picked up his staff and went forward, the ocean had the part. Let me tell you something. There's things in our lives even today that seem like a wall against your family, against your life, against your finances, against everything that you've tried. And you wonder, why isn't God doing something? I tell you the truth, because your heavenly father here this morning is reminding you, I've already given you the keys to overcome everything that has come against you. That's an amen moment. Amen. amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Or a praise the Lord. <laughs> That's our Father. He has already provided. He has already provided. And this morning, the words were read, I will give you a key. But this key is a special key. It's not just any key. It is the key of David. This is in the book of Revelation for the church of the last age, this is you. The church, the ecclesia of Philadelphia is going to have David's key. What does this mean? It's not just a key, it's David's key. Why David's key in the last days of the church of Philadelphia? Because David was the king who went into the Philistine land to take back the word of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And he brought the word of God back to the people of Israel. And when he brought it back, he wanted to build a temple for the Lord. And God said, you cannot build me a temple. Because what I'm doing is not going to be built with human hands. And so David established a little tabernacle that was like a little dilapidated tent. And when he put the Ark of the Covenant inside of that tent... It didn't matter if you were male, female. It didn't matter what your lifestyle was. It did not matter if you were a prostitute or a thief. It didn't matter if you were a, a canary, a, a lizard, or a cockroach. Anyone or anything who came near to that tent felt the presence of God. And in the presence of God, you're not judged. You are transformed. And in Amos 9-11, the Lord prophesies about this age, the age you're in. On that day, I will restore the tabernacle of David. Meaning that God is doing something in this place where everyone, everyone will be able to come and be in the presence of the living God. In a place where it is safe to praise to worship, where we do not step away from his word because we are protectors of his word. Because the word of the Lord is not to condemn or to judge us, it's to transform us and to let us know the love story that he has for he's the bridegroom of a bride and you are that bride. So today, as you leave this place, Whatever faces you, whatever adversity, whatever difficulty appears to be impossible before you, 
I'm just going to teach you a simple little song and a little dance. We got the victory. Ali, Ali, Ali. And we're just going to practice one time. Ready? We got the victory. Ale, ale, ale. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's such an amazing blessing to be in this place where so many servants of the Lord have spoken to the people of God to get us to be here and to speak and chant the song that has been sung over the children of Israel for thousands of years since Moses spoke with our Father in the mountain of Sinai. And you're hearing it in Hebrew, and I will translate it in English afterwards. Thank you, Father. Adonai <laughs> Shalom, shalom, And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his perfect shalom. And remember, we got the victory. Thanks for tuning in this week. We hope you're able to join us in person on Sunday morning. But if not, tune in next week for our next sermon. If you enjoyed this week's message, please share it with friends. 
Or for more information, visit www.fcclitchfield.com.